This podcast is brought to you by StoreMaven. I won't lie, I am an employee at StoreMaven, so I want to tell you a little bit about why it's the greatest company on earth. If you're interested in growing your app in any way, organically, paid, both, we have tools to help you do it, whether it's optimizing your creatives, measuring the success and the effect of different efforts that you're taking, or just telling you what people look for in an app. We're here to help you do it. We're trying to get people into the game and there are already people in your game that love the game. So you should fundamentally know why do they love the game? What delights them about the game? Because I think some of those insights can unlock a lot of creative ideas that you can ultimately apply to your marketing campaigns with far more success. Welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes, a podcast by Stormaven. We break down how and why mobile apps grow. In each episode, we invite a mobile growth expert onto the show to break down a specific mobile growth strategy, how it worked, why it worked, and what they would do differently. I'm your host, Esther Schatz. All right, welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes. I am joined today by Tom Hammond, who's the CEO of UserWise. Tom, do you want to introduce yourself real quick and maybe talk a little bit about the platform UserWise and what you guys do? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Tom Hammond. Uh, I've been in uh, mobile gaming for about 10 years now, uh, a lot doing uh, monetization and stuff with a number of different games over the years. Um, Yeah, UserWise is a player experience management platform. Uh, We saw a lot of studios just building the same things over and over again. Um, And most of the tools were really not great and really prone to, to breaking and and so we decided to kind of go out and gather all the different types of live ops tools that folks had made, uh, put it together, actually put some design around it, and uh, really make a great tool. So, you know, kind of like we've seen Unity, you're not going to go out and build your own game engine anymore. Uh, we believe long-term folks can kind of uh, fill that need for running their game once it's actually live with UserWise. So uh, it's been kind of a, a fun journey. And getting a bunch of people kind of rolled on now as we've launched our early access product, which is super exciting and excited to see where it goes from here. Very exciting and very cool. I mean, it's uh, let's go straight into, you know, your your focus is on audience and on giving users an experience <laughs> that makes it worth sticking around. So let's talk a little bit about audience-driven game development as opposed to kind of starting on the, on the product side. I think this is something that uh, you know just a bit about. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think it even goes beyond games. And and I am trying to remember where this came from. Uh, but it's this idea that if you want to start a company, the best way to do that is by first figuring out who do you want your customers to be? Like, who are like my biggest, best, like these would be like the ideal customers that I want to work with. And then you go out and you actually talk to those people and you ask them, and there's like two basic questions. Um, The first one is, you know, let's say I want to work with uh, mobile game studios focused on live ops. So I might say, you know, what are two to three problems related to live ops that you're trying to solve in the next 12 months? And the second question is, you know, if I had a magic wand and I could give you anything, what would you want? Um, And after five, 10, 20 conversations, there tends to be, a trend 
in there, maybe a couple trends, but like, you know, something overarching that you can then, if you can figure out how to build and actually solve whatever that problem is, you're much more likely to uh, have a successful company. Um, now, think about that within the lens of games. So uh, let's take, say I want to make a match three type game. So if I was going to do that right now, I would probably figure out, well, what need is not being met right now? What audience is out there that isn't being met? And so I would probably take a look at some of the top match three games, maybe like uh, Homescapes and uh, Candy Crush. And I would figure out, you know, what is their ideal target audience, you know, person look like? And then I would go and find people that fit that audience, but don't play those games. And I would start, talking to them and asking them questions, trying to understand, like, have you ever tried a game like that? You know, if you did try it, and many of them have, you know, what about it didn't you like? Like, was there something that, you know, turned you off about that game? You know, possibly I will find out that I, I really don't like the stress of the match three. I only have, like, a certain number of moves, and I've got so much other stress in my life right now with work and kids and, you know, whoever, who knows, um, that it was just too much for me. And I, you know, I had to quit. Um, so, you know, maybe I, I hear that trend from a number of different people and I realize, Hey, this is maybe worth a prototype, like putting together some sort of game that, um, you know, it is like a match three, but it takes away that stress of losing. So, you know, there's many other things you have to figure out then from monetization and retention and things like that. But like, we're just, pitching a prototype and finding something that could work. Interesting. So you're starting, I mean, it sounds like you kind of, you have some level of framework, right? You have to start within, this is around the app. You know, there's something within this context is the app that I'm looking to develop. This is the, you know, I'm, I'm looking to see who the natural audience group will be, but I'm actually specifically looking for the people who are dissatisfied or not, not maximized to their potential. How do I make sure that I'm designing something that answers their dissatisfaction kind of solves this missing piece that's been existing without without anyone knowing necessarily. Exactly. And, you know, oftentimes if you can solve that for like a peripheral audience, you'll probably steal some people from Candy Crush too because there's players that are probably just dealing with this pain that caused other people to quit, but they're dealing with it and they just thought that it was like... They just suck it up. <laughs> I just, you know, I have to deal with it. Um an example of this, uh, there is a, uh, I forget who made it. It's called the Big Bertha, uh, but it's, it's related to golf. Um, and so in golf, uh, back before this was created, uh, it's just a very small portion of the population of people that would actually play golf. Um, and one of the reasons was is it's very difficult to get into golf. Now, if you golf like me, you, you realize this because it's not exactly a pleasant experience to just go and make a complete fool of yourself by, you know, sending the ball wherever. And it's very hard to hit the ball sometimes. Um, and so what this company is, they talk to a lot of the people like you should play golf. Like, why don't you? And a lot of it was like, it's just, you know, too challenging, too hard to hit the ball. And they ended up creating this big birthday, like a really big club that made it a lot easier to hit the ball. And, not only did they do spectacularly well with this group that they talked to, but a lot of the existing golfers also became customers of and buying Big Bertha's because they lived with this pain, but they just took it on themselves of, 
oh, I just need to like figure out how to get better or whatnot. Um, so it, it's a very interesting way of uh, applying, you know, a pain to a, a solution. Um, that's not necessarily the only way to do audience-driven development. I, I'd say the other way that you can do it, and I don't know that one is better than the other. The second one might ultimately be better, but it also takes longer to do, uh, which is this idea of picking, this is the audience that I want to do. Um, let's say fans of, oh, I'm trying to trying to remember the name of the game. It's uh, goofy looking characters on my Switch. Uh, my daughter likes to play it. Fortnite? No. Not on your Switch, no. Yeah, not on my Switch. Actually, they do have, they do have Fortnite on your Switch, but... Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Roblox? Is it Roblox? Anyways, you, 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 you pick a game. I haven't let them play Roblox yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, it's like this little island game where you can go around and like build stuff. You can visit other people's islands and stuff. Um, cutesy looking characters. I would not have expected it to do so well. Um, but uh, target them. Uh, you know, what aspect about, you know, these types of games do people play? Or, or we could say like The Sims, you know, that, that's a big audience. There's people that like The Sims, um, that kind of lifestyle simulator type game. So you can start targeting them. Um, you can start putting together like a blog about The Sims or lifestyle, you know, simulator games, putting out lots of content and starting to build a following of people that are interested in what you have to say, also interested in what you want to make. And over time, probably like one to two years, you'll end up kind of building up this group of people that will pretty much do whatever you say or follow you for what, because they really like the content and the stuff that like you are putting out. So, you know, at some point you can start to talk to them, you know, what do you really like about the Sims? Like, what don't you like about the Sims? You know, if I was to put together a game doing XYZ or something that looks like this, are you interested in that? Um, chances are a lot of them would be, you know, and then you now have this like audience that loves what you're trying to build and they're going to be really active and give you great feedback and stuff. So you can start putting together a prototype and you could ask them for feedback, like play it and they'll give it to you. And if they don't like it, like they're going to let you know, but they trust you. They know you, they like the things that you're doing. They, you like the same sorts of things, the same sort of games. They, they're on your side, essentially. They're not just like a customer. They're going to stick with you pretty much whatever. So you're going to have multiple shots. Like you can, you know, oh, I made a prototype. I did XYZ. Didn't really work. Tried another one. Took your feedback. You know, here's something, you know. And, and you have, you know, this ongoing relationship with these people. Um, and, you know, there's probably a, a whole lot of other people that would also enjoy the game that just haven't, you know, discovered you yet. But over time, you can have this like really amazing audience that you can just kind of work with collaboratively on building things. That's actually what we do with UserWise. You know, we realized that there was just not a lot of great information on how to make mobile games. 